Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Back to America's Heroes Group with our roundtable familiar partner, the Veterans Legislative Voice, and our ASU correspondent, Stephanie Collada. September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is Saturday, September 9th, 2023, my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Ma. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claymore, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner with us and our correspondent, Stephanie Collada, U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class. She is a veteran and the founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. And, of course, she's like, once again, our ASU correspondent. And we're talking about Tuberville again. Tuberville, the, the, our, our legislator out, out wherever he's at, I think he's in Texas. We're going to learn about that. Our personal political agenda against abortion has become a national security issue. What is going on with that topic? What's going on with that? Hey, yeah. So, um, yes, it's Senator Tommy Tuberville uh, from Alabama. He was actually the former uh, uh, Auburn football coach. Um, my sister went to Auburn. It's probably the only reason why wow. I know that one. And um, yeah, he is holding Alabama. out on, yeah, he is holding out on uh, pretty much agreeing or to vote for uh, all of the military appointees. And at this point, we're at over 300 um, military members or uh, service members that are waiting to be appointed by Congress. And one of the reasons why it's just this one holdout is because the rules in the Senate that's been like that for at least the past decade, uh, probably more, but in my research, at least the past decade, that it requires a unanimous decision over basically a yes or a no. And it has to be everyone in that body has to say yes. So if you have one holdout, it's going to stop everything. And the thing is, is that this has not happened anywhere in time for military members. There's been a few holdouts from other senators for other positions, other public um, appointee places, but not for the military. This is typically um, very just for formal proceedings and just, you know, the check the block. This has never really happened before. And right now we have three services that are missing their chief, their military person uh, in charge. And it can cause a lot of stress on the military itself because you're, at least for the Army, they've put in the policy of the acting positions. Those in the military kind of know that term. An acting position is basically you're assigned to the position informally and you're acting in it. And very often when you're in those type of positions, you're doing two jobs. You're doing the job you originally had. And then also the job that you are appointed to have. And so you are splitting your time and responsibilities, and so the quality of work can decrease greatly. A lot of times for these uh, separate services, the chiefs in charge are the deputies. So they're doing their deputy position and the one in charge. And that's never a good thing. We've seen this a lot in the military, actually. It seems like it's been going on, even in Illinois, we've had this problem where people are doing dual roles. Even at the the top, because it wasn't for a while, or 
the, the Secretary of the Army? Wasn't he like a dual a dual role person? Or I can't remember. This was years ago because we had a couple of rotating chairs. It seems like people just coming in and getting fired or coming in and, get, and quitting. When a guy, yeah. I remember um, there was some impropriety they they uh, alleged with him, and then he had to leave. Um, so why is this? Why is this a trend? Um, is seemingly today in the military. Well, it's because of every for it's because of Roe v. Wade and it being um, rescinded by the Dobbs decision, uh, Mississippi, their sister state, um, that actually caused the whole cost the process. And so, the military came up with a policy to a which I think a lot of the points of the policy is amazing. A ha, um, allows a walk-in contraceptive clinic for military members and their dependents. So anytime they can go and get the plan B, they can get the, so um, are not covered in the exceptions of the Hyde Amendment. And the Hyde Amendment came from the early 90s saying that federal funds, unless there was um Unless the rape, or excuse me, the pregnancy was result from rape, incest, or it causes health and welfare of the mother. Well, the thing is, is that they, the military is covering the travel expenses for the abortions, despite what uh, what the circumstances are. They're only covering just who got pregnant and right. something that they didn't choose. They did not you know, participate in per se. Yes. And uh, it's, it's a very frustrating issue that's come around because um, being some, being someone of the military, there's a lot of rights that you don't have. So having the, um, the lack of access to things, living in a place you didn't choose, all these things can cause a lot of stress. And this, this affects here, I've got the numbers at least from 2021 over 230,000 women served in the military. They're, they account for about 17% of the active duty forces. And then according to their research, 5.6% of service women do report unintended pregnancies annually. And when a female service member becomes pregnant, they're automatically non-deployable. There's a lot of things that are pretty much put in place to for the safety of the female service member, but the, it's also can cause some stress and some complications when it comes to trying to meet missions and tasks and making sure that the unit is um, is still able to operate and everything. I mean, imagine imagine a very high leader like a first sergeant, a female first sergeant, becomes pregnant unintentionally. I mean, it's really difficult to have to deal with um, missing that, losing time with that one person with the leadership. You're losing mentorship time. You're losing a lot of different things, training, and it causes a lot of stress on the unit and the unit. So, in a way, providing the reproductive service care can still help the unit maintain pretty much the operating status that they have. Mm-hmm. But then getting back to the the, uh, the other side of the, of the whole debate, which is people are concerned about the life of the child. You know, is this a, is this yeah. a living person or not a living person? And, and many, yeah. many court cases where a, um, a, a criminal or a murderer has murdered a pregnant woman and they got double homicide. They were charged with double homicide because they killed a pregnant woman. Um, yep. In, yep. In, in this particular uh, situation, 
it's understandable that if a woman gets pregnant and they're in a leadership role that, you know, for the, if they want to, if they have the decision, they want to raise a family and they have a child mm-hmm. to take care of. And if there's nobody else to, to take care of that child, that they have to maybe um, not be deployed because it's better. I would argue it's better for them not to be deployed, to be at home with their baby, be at home with their family. Or, yep. you know, God forbid, they don't come back home if they were deployed and they have a child at home, particularly if they're a single parent. Um, but yeah. how does how does this, like, give us a little more background into the the current law or current rules according to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which is the legal uh, parameters of the military, and how that and how that de- and how that defines when an abortion can be obtained by a person who gets pregnant when he gets pregnant. Well, the military should and they would provide um, abortion services when, of course, as we said, the exceptions for the health and wealth of the um, the mother, rape and incest. Um, gosh, domestic vice, uh, violence is a very big thing now in the military, mm-hmm. um, and it's getting out there. There has been a long string of um, deaths by service members to their spouses, either in uh, civilian spouses or military spouses, and a majority of those uh, instances evolve around a pregnancy. And so one of those things when I think about a service member or a dependent in a relationship and they, they do become pregnant, one of the reasons why they go for an abortion, especially if they're in a toxic relationship and domestic violence in the home, they do it and they don't meet the um, the requirements or the exceptions that's given uh, by the military per the Hyde Amendment that the women there cannot get an abortion even though they're trying to escape from a toxic uh, situation. Hmm. And then also, so what would you like to see happen? What is what is Tuberville's? Um, he just wants to eliminate the funding for travel. Is that is that the, is that his only sticking point? Is it, if that happens, does the whole is it, does this, does the whole thing go away? Is the whole controversy go away, or, or what is the what else is he asking for? Well, there's a there, <laughs> there's been mostly around just because of the travel expenses. But my fear is that it would also be for the um, the contraceptive uh, walk-in clinic care that I talked about in the beginning is that I worry that that would also become involved and the funding for that will also be removed. So that's one of my things that I am personally worried about because that's one of the things of people from his group, that Tuberville's group and those on the pro-life side are also um, against con- providing contraceptives or um, you know, the plan B pill and things like that, or the abortion pill that, you know, you can be used later. They have issues with those things. So that would be one of my fears that would get uh, lumped in on the big disagreement that happens. Um, this isn't the first time senators have become um, upset and wanting to protest for something that's happened within the military. Um, so <laughs> so there was many senators that were against the the. Uh, lifting of the transgender ban that happened in uh, during the Obama administration. But the thing is, is that they didn't hold back promotions for that. They just introduced bills, made sure that they can submit it in and try to get it passed. Do it the way that they're supposed to do constitutionally is to submit a bill to try to get the law passed. And Tuberville knows that he doesn't, he has a losing fight if he goes that route. Mm-hmm. And since 
he can, by himself, stop everything on this. This is basically him uh, being able to do that, and that is his one way that he thinks he can. Um, Some news reporters have actually compared it to um, a toddler having a temper tantrum and holding their breath. Wanted to at least reference that first, guys, as an image there of what this situation is kind of like. It's because he doesn't have the power to actually get the law passed to stop the military from doing this. And to me, it seems like from this, his strategy and the way he's taken this, and this is not the first time this happened, it almost reminds me of McCarthyism. I mean, this, the, yes. and not so much that even McCarthy believed in the crap he was saying. It's just that mm-hmm. they're just trying to get, kind of grandstand to make a political um, statement, maybe a political run to get some spotlight on that person so they can enhance their, their political career or, or, you yeah. know, or, or do something, do, a, do one for the, for the home team, your, your political party, but then bite off more than you can chew because you maybe picked the wrong fire, didn't think through your strategy or what you're actually fighting for. You thought it yeah. picked and on something it- that was a hot topic. He thought it would yeah. people get behind it because yeah, everybody, our people don't like don't like abortion, so we're going to do. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to find out. So look over this over here. We well, got abortion over there, so we're going to attack that, but not really understanding what actually you're actually attacking. Yeah, and it, it's funny that you find that you reference the McCarthyism because back then, communism was hot button word that's used, especially towards those of that of their enemies or opponents, especially political opponents. Now the word is woke. Mm-hmm. And um, Tuberville there's a, there's a, does. There's a lot of them. It's not even just woke. Yeah. Woke is a way to think now. Woke is the catch-all phrase that's been kind yeah. of appropriated by, you know, certain for everything they don't like, like. Yeah, everything they don't like. So it's abortion. Oh, that's because of wokeism. You know, the rain today right. because of wokeism. The woke, the woke God <laughs> made it rain. <laughs> so right. Everything is bad that happens in the world is because some kind of, some somebody woke up. So I guess evidently because they did something dumb they weren't supposed to do. So, <laughs> but the, yeah. But it, but the, then it takes away from the real conversation of trying to it solve does. the problem. So I mean, so you're just it using does. you're just jumping on bandwagon to rally your troops, so to speak, and then in the process confusing your own troops because they don't even know what the hell you're trying to say. Nope. Well, they 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 think they hear woke, they hear it's things that like they don't whistle. like mm-hmm. or they don't don't and um a lot of followers and supporters don't question that and mm-hmm. don't look into what he's actually saying i've caught a few of um the right leaning um military and veterans news media has been calling it basically tuberville's crusade against wilkism on this situation i'm like no 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 <laughs> That's not what's happening here. And a lot of people jump on that. And they're like, yeah, he's fighting against the woke. And one of the examples Tuberville made that, you know, that's showing that the military is now woke is because somebody read a poem on a loudspeaker of a ship. And I'm like, the Bible is filled with poetry. (laughs) And you quote the Bible all the time. Mm -hmm. So that you can't have both. I'm sorry. (laughs) And, I mean, and um, the, I mean the, and the and and then the stretch or the concern is, which I understand for your perspective is, where they might attack um, contraception, which, yeah, you know, once again, you're, you know, is that is that really logical? Does it, does it really make any real sense to go that far? I'm not sure if he's ever has he ever said anything along those lines about attacking contraception. I know that's part of the package in a lot of the far far right when you talk about abortion and also some some parts right. of the conservative right don't want to even have anybody or don't want to have any kind of public funding of contraception because they think that is bad, which, you know, that to yeah. me makes no sense because that you're not talking about taking somebody's life. You're talking about now just, just changing your biology to 
to well, you know, right. to, to get out of to make sure you don't you don't get into a situation where we're talking having a, a debate about when does life begin, when is it okay to have an abortion, when is it not okay to have an abortion? I don't yeah. have the answer to that question. Uh, I don't well, know if the, I trust somebody else's answer to that question at this point. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that he lumps the entire policy together, so it's really difficult to understand um, what's going on there. And then. God, I, I won't go down a few other routes on that with his public speaking. But the um, but the DOD has said that they've tried to negotiate with him and try to come to a um, understanding or compromise, and that hasn't been reached yet. And um, I worry about the contraceptives personally because I'm one of those that don't, that takes contraceptives not to prevent pregnancies mm-hmm. but for another medical reason. Right. A third of women that use contraceptives actually use it for non-birth mm-hmm. control reasons. Yep. And so that's very important for a lot of women, especially when you're in the military and you have all of these missions that are happening. And Senator Duckworth talks about it a lot. She was actually encouraged in the beginning of uh, the Iraqi Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, she was encouraged to take these contraceptives to stop her having the periods because they're not sure if they would actually be able to make sure she has the sanitary goods that's needed when she has a cycle. Mm -hmm. And so they put her in this position for the mission, Mm -hmm. but they will not accept or help them in the other side, state side. So it's one of those things of you asked me to put myself in this, but now you're asking me to do no, (laughs) no. Uh, So one of, it's just one of those perspectives. And what I really worry is about, Senator Tuberville just doesn't understand what's really going on in the military, what is needed and what's not needed. And it can be really stressful for a lot of people. One of the things, one of the additional things is that we just finished with the summer. Summer is one of the biggest times that the military moves people around because it's easiest because kids are off of school. And we just left that time period. And very few people actually experience moving outside of that time frame and then you you're going to act hopefully approve people to get into their positions again and then they would have to move because majority of the time you will have to move for a position as high as what we're talking about and so that's you're upsetting kids lives the ones that are still living is the ones that you that you're actually impacting now and then when when do you see this conversation dying? Now, right now, it's a hot topic. Um, a lot of people have been written writing about written about this, um, are kind of fading away from this topic because they see it as kind of like a, a mute point at this I mean, at, at, at this stage of the game. When do you see this this uh, Tuberville's uh, uh, um, agenda or tirade kind of going away? Uh, we're not quite sure. Um, I have seen some movement and talk about House Democrats, and it's probably going to leak over to the Senate Democrats to actually amend the rule uh, about the unanimous decision and actually go back to a 50-50 or, you know, 51-49 or a 60-40 um, voting requirement. And so it might come down to that. So um, that's one of the things that's starting to be in the conversation. We just got back out of recess for the Senate. I believe the House starts again on Monday, and we'll start seeing how things go from there. If Tuberville keeps this up by the end of the year, it will be over uh, 600 people that will be having their promotions held up because of this. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. 600 wow. positions in the military. So you're thinking there, there's another 600 people doing more than their actual jobs, which can cause so much stress in those positions and cause so much threat to um, the military's readiness. Thank God we're not in a war right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> or two wars. Right, exactly. I mean, and these are 600 leadership positions across the United States we're talking about, not just 600 leadership positions in Alabama or, or in one Pacific area mm-hmm. across the military, which is, you know, right. that, is, that, is, that, is pretty, that is pretty catastrophic. Yes, yes, it is, and it's pretty scary. I mean, for the Army Reserves themselves, there's about, uh, there's less than 30 different di- divisions. So just that small of a number. Just think about that with active duty times that about five or six, and you might be near that number. So you could actually see a quarter or a third of all command positions being vacant by the end of the year is what my estimate would be. It might, I might be thinking too high, but to me, that's, that's my worry. Hmm. Very serious Mm -hmm. stuff. Now September is national suicide prevention month. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, particularly when it comes to females in the military. Um, We need a couple minutes we have left because we're about to run out of time. It's about that. But just in a minute, um, what can you tell us? And what does it, uh, what does this month mean to you as far as what we are, the military could be doing to help uh, particularly women who are, who have suicide ideation or are thinking about suicide, who are veterans? One of the biggest things that I'm actually, I'll say what I'm most excited about that I've been seeing is the acceptance of military, of mental health treatments and um, people learning new words and new terms that can actually help identify the situation that they're in. More people are understanding what a um, toxic relationship, toxic leadership, how abuse and mental and emotional abuse can affect a person. Um, I was able to find research way back when on how toxic leaders can actually cause PTSD of their own subordinates. And so these types of conversations are finally getting out there and understood. And hopefully it can actually cause some really great conversations to make things easier for the next service members and for veterans to actually identify what's been wrong in their past, because that helps them heal themselves. Thanks for your, for, your, for your conversation, Stephanie. I really appreciate that. Don't go anywhere because I'm wrapping up the show, and I want you to be on the, on the air with me when I wrap it up. So I'm going to let you say okay. goodbye to all the veterans out there across the country. Stephanie Collada, U.S. Right. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class. When she served, now she's a veteran, the founder and creator of Veterans Later's Later Voice. If you have any questions or concerns and want to get more information about anything we talked about, you can email us at info at americashe.org. Also, feel free to call us at 312-803-2618. That's 312-803-2618. And, of course, our website is americashd.org. We have a ton of information on our YouTube page and our Facebook page to go back and research any of the topics we talked about today. We want to hear your opinions, so make sure you reach out and not just like and subscribe, but give your thoughts on what we've talked about If you have any questions about anything that we have discussed, anything you need as veterans or even people who love or care about or live with veterans, reach out to us. We'd love to hear your voice and love to hear what your thoughts are. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. on YouTube, our YouTube station, our Facebook page, and also, of course, WVO1 AM 1690 here in the Chicagoland area. And Stephanie, take us out. All right. Well, thank you guys for this wonderful time. And you guys have a happy September. Keep everybody in happy thoughts. Call your friends if you you are in help. Call your buddies to check in on them and just have a great time. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll see you next week. Be safe.
Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.